I'm Josh Pollard. I'm Joe Destazio. And this is Story Players, the podcast that analyzes story-driven video games. And this is the sixth episode of our Mass Effect Andromeda series. And as a spoiler warning, in case you're playing along with us and don't want us to ruin anything that you might have not done yet, this week we are going to be discussing the priority ops mission, Hunting the Archon. So last episode, we took a break again from from the priority ops missions and talked about some side missions and some characters. So when I came back to play the game this time, uh, I kind of forgot what we were doing. So here's a little bit of a recap. Uh, you, you may recall that we had opened the vault on Aya and we had seen the floating diagram. It's like a network diagram of all the different vaults on all the different planets in the galaxy. Mm-hmm. And they all seem to be interconnected through some sort of, I don't know, communications network. Well, all connected to one central the place. Se- the central node, right. right. And this supposed central node thing is called Meridian. Mm-hmm. And our big bad of the game, the Archon, seems to know where it is, but he can't He can't open it. But apparently it's, you know, it's something important. Maybe it's got a bunch of power. I don't know. But we want to go there. And the Moshai, who we just saved in that mission, mm-hmm. says that when she was captured, she saw that the, that the Archon had some sort of relic that is important to either finding or opening up uh, Meridian. So what we're doing here in this in this mission is we're going to go hunt down the Archon so that we can get that get that relic and head to Meridian. So the scary thing there is that that means we have to go after the Archon and get on his ship, which we don't like we came to this galaxy not wanting to start wars. And now we have to go get on like the biggest, baddest spaceship we've seen in this galaxy to go get this thing that we need. If that's what the key is, it must be a very important key. Let's I guess. Go get it. So after you've played this, what are, what are your overall thoughts on this mission in particular? You know, uh, as I was finishing this mission up, the the first thought that went through my mind was the best thing about this mission was that it didn't involve any space Sudoku. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no puzzle solving? I don't think so. No, there was there wasn't any puzzle solving at all. That that was my my thought was not so much that there weren't very many puzzles, but that there was a lot of combat, a lot of shooting in this particular yeah uh, mission. Ton a ton of combat. Uh, it also this has has to have been one of if not the shortest priority ops mission that we've done, right? Yeah, I mean it still took me a while, but uh, I I died once and uh, you only died once. Just once, just once this time. It set me back uh, a little bit farther than I thought it would. Uh, the checkpoint was further back, and there were some cutscenes that I had to try to skip through, so it took a little bit longer. But I only died one time, so was, I guess... Was it after the decision part? N- no, it was before the decision part. Oh, interesting. Yeah, during the during the boss battle at the end, I died on the boss battle. Huh. Which we'll talk about, you know, when we yeah. get there. I'm I'm just surprised at where we, we both died, because I didn't die during the boss battle section. Did you die before then? No. Okay. So then we can talk about more about our deaths around after we we get to the boss. But uh, yeah, it definitely felt more like this is very gameplay focused. But even still, there was still a lot. There was a lot of story in here. We we learned a lot about certain things, people, characters. We got some info on the Solarian arc. We've got some more info on on the Archon and his motivations, and also just more of the cat as not an organization, but as well maybe as an organization. There seems to be more to them in terms of the archon isn't the biggest bad right. of the cat yeah 
He's so, not he's not their supreme ruler. Right. So we can we can also talk about that was the final cutscene of this mission. So we can talk about that when we get mm-hmm. there. All right. So let's just start going through the mission. We're told that we need to go to Kadara. This is a new planet we haven't gone to yet. And we need to find a guy there who who should be able to help us out. I believe they mentioned before we get there that this is the guy who turned in the Moshai. Mm-hmm. So he he's an Angaran who betrayed his own race by working with the cat, hoping that that would make things better, hoping that they would leave them alone. Or I don't know what exactly, but he's the traitor. Right. But apparently because he was able to communicate with them, he knows how to get in contact with them or how to find their ship. So we're going to go to Kadara to uh, find him and, 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 and get some clues. Yep. So we get to Kadara and we are greeted by the head of a cat on a stick. <laughs> well, how's that for an entrance? Yeah, I like it. Um, you know, that's, it's, it's good. At least, at least it was a cat head and not like a human head. I know, right? right? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, it's the Kadara port and this is apparently an Angaran place. What did you, th- what did you think about this place? It's very different from all the other places that we've been. What, like, do you have any immediate thoughts on this before we start talking about it? Well, it, it's a lot more rough and tumble for sure. Like it's, it doesn't seem as organized. It, it just seems like a vigilante outpost where the right. rule of law is just set by the person with the biggest gun. Right. So it, it seems that we have two groups of people here. We have we have the uh, outcasts who call themselves outlaws, which can get kind of confusing, and the resistance. And it seems to be these two groups of of well, I wouldn't say humans. That makes they're made up of sp- right. all the different species because the resistance is Angaran. Right. And then, the, but there's a lot of outcasts outlaws who these are the these are the guys who have been exiled from the nexus is that mm-hmm. right does that yeah that that's how i understood it this okay. is where a, a big chunk of the exiles from the nexus ended up and it's also a place where a bunch of angarans are okay so the so going back to the beginning of the story then we arrived at the nexus it must have been a year after i think we said uh that they that the nexus had arrived there have been a lot of issues there's been an uprising They've been a lot of people who have been exiled. This is how, and we talked about where do you exile people in a new galaxy? Do you just right. send them out into space and then just give them a tank of oxygen and hope that they survive? Well, so they found this place? Yeah, I guess. And that that's better than just the, the theory of a tank of oxygen. <laughs> <laughs> but so here's where I'm kind of confused in the timeline here, because if this is an Angaran port and people have been going here for exile... Why was it such a big deal that we found the Angaran on Aya in the middle of, of this game? Right. A year later. It's like we've never seen them before. Did that communication not get back to the Nexus that there are other aliens on this planet? I'm not sure. And I I kind of chalk this up to just some bad writing in this game. There, there's another part that we're going to discuss later where where I I walked away from that scene feeling like, Really? That that's the best you could come up with here? Like there's some really obvious problems with that, but okay, let's move on. Mm. Okay, because I'm like, did they just find this planet and they've somehow built up this entire port in the in the year that they've been exiled? So e- so either way, either explanation seems like it's 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 missing something. Yeah, exactly. When I got to this place, it started to feel a lot like the old sci-fi shows I used to watch. And what I mean by that is <laughs> You know, things like Star Trek, Stargate, Sliders. I love those kind of shows where every episode the group goes to another planet and they come up with, they come across this whole new culture and they've got to figure out, 
how, how not to insult these people or what the deal is with these guys and how they act so much differently than humans. In this case, we came across a port that's got these two groups of, of people here and they have their own backstories. And we, we very quickly come across a group of people. I think there are a, a bunch of outcasts just beating this dude up. Right. Yeah, it's almost right away. And they're talking about, hey, you should have paid your protection fees. Like, is this the mob? What is, like, what is I think that's actually the quote from the game. You ask, is this the mob, essentially? And yeah, it, it basically is. So we're told we have to go find a contact. We can't just go try to talk to our guy here who's going to give us this information straight away. He's, he's a prisoner. He's locked up. So we're told to go meet with somebody at the bar, another, another Mass Effect bar. <laughs> well, I mean, that's probably the most realistic part of this whole universe, right? There's <laughs> bars everywhere. <laughs> right. So we meet up with our contact and he tells us about uh, Sloan Kelly. She's human and she was on the Nexus and she was originally head of Nexus security. Mm-hmm. And she's sort of like running this place, the person with the big guns, so to speak. Right. So I think she was the one who led the mutiny or the uprising. I think she was a, a big player in that. Yeah, it seems that way. So we're hoping that this guy, this contact can somehow give us some advice or get us an in and somehow to, to talk with her so that we can reason and figure out a way to talk to this guy. Mm-hmm. So we end up going to the outcast headquarters and talk to Salone. And I think that a little interesting here for me, because at this point I'm starting to feel like I'm starting to feel like I'm playing this game. Like I'm playing mass effect three where I'm just kind of tired of all this. <laughs> I'm tired of people giving me a hard time in mass effect three. It was, you guys don't believe me about the Reapers. Why? Like, come on. Like, you, you still won't listen to me. You do not realize how serious this is. Stop fighting. Right. Let's get this over with. And I did a lot of renegade actions in that game. <laughs> and so same way here, you start getting into a conversation with her and she starts ask, asking you questions like, why do you want to talk to this guy? And I'm like, listen, I don't have to explain myself to you. <laughs> <laughs> then she starts sending her guys after me and it has the prompt. It gives me a prompt for... Uh, pressing the right trigger to disarm this guy or do something. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I am totally pressing. <laughs> so I press it, take the gun and point it. But I've got f- like three or four other guys pointing guns at me. So I just, I have to, I just have to walk out. And that's, that's the end of that conversation. Really? Yeah. See, I, I took a very different approach. What did you do? Uh, I, I, I've not reached your level of frustration in this galaxy. Uh, I'm still trying to be as peaceful as possible with, at least with the people that can help me accomplish the things that I'm trying to accomplish. So I, I told Sloan exactly why I was there and I wouldn't say that she was friendly with me. She's not exactly a friendly person, but you know, she, she did say you don't actually need Venturev. You just need his Intel. True. So go ahead and talk to him, but essentially you're not getting him. You're just getting the intel, but so go ahead and go do that. And that was pretty much the end of the conversation. So then you were just able to walk into the cell area and talk yeah. to the guy. Yep. I got escorted out and told never to come back again. <laughs> <laughs> so our contact from the bar had to help me find a way through the ventilation shaft and sneak in. Mm, so okay. there's, there's a back, <laughs> there's a back way, a little bit of sneaking. And then eventually it takes you right up to the cell. Okay. And that's where I talked to the guy. Uh, my my way was much shorter. I just walked around the corner to the cell. I know. And I thought, like, I'm tired of you guys. Stop wasting my time would be the faster way. But <laughs> <laughs> they're like, no, 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 no. Nope. So we talked to, to Rev. And he tells us that um, 
this this communication device he doesn't have it anymore he buried it mm-hmm. out in the world somewhere on this planet he also told us why he did this because i asked him like i didn't you didn't ask him no because he asked me so after i got done talking to him and interrogating him for his information i go to walk away and he's like hey don't you want to know at least don't you at least want to know why i I betrayed the Moshai. Oh yeah, he did. He did do that the same way for me. That's true. And I said, "No, I don't. I don't care. Stop <laughs> wasting my time. I'm out. I'm out of here." What did so? So you? He didn't do that for you. I, I'm amazed that you didn't actually have that conversation with him because what you started to say earlier mm-hmm. is exactly what his reason was. Uh, his thought was, if I give them the Moshai, maybe the cat will finally leave us alone. Oh, just completely leave them alone. Yeah. That so, didn't... so you know, he he felt justified in what he did that he he was sacrificing one, and I I believe he referred to her as like some old lady, or you know, he wasn't very effusive of his praise with the Moshai, <laughs> and and felt like yeah, if we just get, if we just give over the Moshai, we can end this war and everything will be fine, and that's obviously not what was going to happen. But so was he was he sort of like pleading with you like? He wasn't. I was, I was justified. Get me out of here. Uh, no, he was. He also didn't ask to be let go. He said, "I know that I did the right thing, and I, I'll, I'll suffer the consequences." Oh, okay. Yeah, he didn't ask me to let him out. I didn't. I wasn't going to offer to let him out because he did do the wrong thing. So yeah. So maybe I should have talked to him because at some point I did give him something. <laughs> That he could use to escape from the prison. Really? Yeah. Huh. I wonder if you'll see him again then. Maybe. But I, I mean, I left him there, right? Right. I gave him this thing. I don't know. I don't know if it melts metal or what have you. Mm-hmm. I think it was the same device that I used to get into oh, okay. this area. And and then, you know, I went to go leave and he asked about if I wanted to know that. And I said no. And I, was, I just walked away. And that was it. Huh. Interesting. It's fun when things diverge like this. Yes, definitely. <laughs> So in any case, we go, we leave the port and go out to the planet. And this is where, so at this, all this time, we're in our normal, like casual outfit mm-hmm. that we wear around the ship. But now we leave uh, to go outside of the port and we have another hostile alien world. Yep. So what's the, uh, what's the gimmick on this world? Yeah. So we, we've already experienced ice. Yep. What was EOS? EOS was just uh, radiation. E- yeah. EOS was just overall radiation. We had crazy plants and animals. Mm-hmm, in a jungle area. Yep. Jungle area. And now this, I'm not sure if I'm missing another yeah, one. Yeah, I'm planet. But now this one is acidic water. Yes. The water is dangerous. Don't yep. touch the water. Don't drink the water. Don't even stand in the water because that's the environmental hazard that will drain uh, your health if you right. get in it. So whenever we have a hostile alien planet, what do we do? We pull out our nomad and go for a drive. <laughs> The uh, we at least we do have a, a marker on our map to to show us where uh, Terev had buried this device. So we just take a little trip. I just I just drove straight through. I just I just boosted that thing as fast as I could. <laughs> I took the most direct route direct route that I could, trying to avoid you know high areas or whatever. But I just went right through, ignoring all structures, ignoring all enemies, straight through. I basically did the same thing, except I saw on on the road along the way. There were two memory fragments. So one I tried to get, but it was at the top of this super steep, tall mountain. And I couldn't get to the top of it. And 
couldn't figure out how. And after, I don't know, a whole two minutes, I gave up and decided, eh, I don't need this memory fragment right now. There's another one nearby. Let's try to go get that one. And that one was way easier to get. And got that. I think I did have to shoot some dudes there and, and just plowed on through to get the transponder. I saw the memory fragments and I do want to grab those whenever I can, whenever I'm close by. Mm-hmm. I was able to get on top of that mountain. I just hmm. drove that Nomad up as far as I could. I just kept boosting that thing, and eventually I just jumped out of it and, and started using my jump jets to get the rest of the way. I may have been inspired by another game that came out around the same time as Mass Effect Andromeda, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, in which you can climb nearly any surface that you want. Mm. And if you see a gigantic mountain, well, if you've got enough stamina, you can go up there. As long as you, maybe you can find a few ledges here and there that you can rest for a second to restore your stamina. I think maybe I was inspired by that because <laughs> I just kept finding just those very subtle, uh, maybe a little bit flatter, a little bit less steep than the rest of it, just so mm-hmm. I could find a place to stand so I could use my boost jet again to do it like a double jump up. Right. So eventually I did, I did find my way up. So then we get this transponder device and there's really nothing else to do on this planet. Nope. I fast traveled right back to the entrance thing uh, and got back on the Tempest to get the heck out of here to, to progress this story on. We When we find the transponder, we find out that it looks like it probably still works, but the batteries are dead. Like That's not surprising. Uh, so take it to Gil and Gil can fix it up for us. And holy crap, can Gil fix it up for us? I thought that this was going to be another one of those things where it's give this thing to somebody and then come back later after they've finished their thing at some other unspecified time. Unfortunately, right. it's not that at all. You just have a cutscene where you talk to him, he fixes it, and you're like, cool, let's turn it on. And <laughs> you turn it on and you hear a bunch of cat talking and it's like, turn it off, turn it off, turn it off. <laughs> so you turn it off and Sam tells you, yeah, you don't you don't need to turn that on anymore. I've got the location <laughs> of the ship. How about you not tell them that we're here and that we're coming, basically, right? Yes, that's right. I was very impressed by Gil's uh, <laughs> speed at fixing this thing. Probably something he's never seen before, alien technology. <laughs> right. it, 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 it took about the amount of time it would be to, to replace batteries. That's yeah. how long it took. Yeah. He's like, I got this 9-volt here. I'll just <laughs> stick a new 9-volt. <laughs> so we had to... Uh, where the cat ship is it's in the, the tofino system and when we come out of our faster than light travel we see this gigantic ship what did you th- what did you think when you saw this ship because i thought dang that cat ship is huge but it turns out it's not actually the cat ship it's right. the solarian arc right the cat ship is this <laughs> tiny little potato looking thing next to it <laughs> that's tethered to it and I should have known because I haven't been doing a whole lot of armor upgrades and things, but I did come across a couple of cat armor. So for like maybe half the game, I've been wearing cat armor that makes me look just like the ship does. <laughs> I look like a giant walking potato. <laughs> so they come up with a plan. What was what was the plan here? This ingenious plan? The plan is basically let's get into the Solarian Arc, see if there's anybody who's still alive. Because if there's an arc here, we want to save the arc too. So let's go there first, see what's going on, and then we'll sneak on to the cat ship. And the idea is, let's see if we can just sneak in, get the relic, get out, no one will notice. And it's like, really, guys? Like, you're going to try to tell me that that's the plan? This is Mass Effect. It is not a stealth game. That is not going to be how this is going to work out. And it's it's not. Shocking. No, there's, like we said, there's a lot of shooting in this, in this mission. 
But we do, I mean, part of the plan works, right? We go to the Solarian Ark. Uh, we find that it's empty or there's no one around, really. Um, we find some corpses of mm-hmm. some Solarians. And, and after scanning them, Sam's like, yeah, this is saying that this is the Pathfinder right. of the Solarian Ark. Right. He's laid out on on an examining table. And he's dead. Right. He is Crap. Dead. But then Sam's like, but the records show that actually the Pathfinder was female. So this can't be. Mm-hmm. This can't be the Pathfinder. Can, just, like, who is this Who is this person? Maybe go find their pod. See what's going on over there. And lo and behold, there's our Pathfinder. Hanging out in a pod. Sleeping. Right. On the job. Of somebody else's. And, and this Pathfinder is kind of upset that that's what she chose to do. Uh, but uh, also understands that it was for the benefit of the greater mission and you you need a pathfinder if if you're going to settle in this place you need a pathfinder so it kind of it, it was a, a smart idea i think for them to 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 hide the pathfinder so that when the because they were surrendering to the cat they knew that they weren't going to be able to beat the cat so let's hide the pathfinder we'll lie to them about it and hopefully that pathfinder will be able to save us because it it seemed to me like there were still thousands of solarians in in cryo right mm-hmm, in stasis right. so there's still a chance to save thousands right it, lo- it looks here. like a few pods have been opened they've mm-hmm. just been abandoned there but we don't get to walk around the ship too much to see what what all is still running but yes there are still thousands right so at that point we decide to leave pathfinder reka behind and sneak through the tethering tubes that are holding the ark and the cat ship together to sneak in to the ketchup, which the game likes to make you think that this is all just going to be a bunch of sneaking, and it's not. It won't be. Immediately, we're in a firefight. Uh, like you said earlier, a lot of shooting in this in this mission. Uh, within a couple of rooms of shooting, we find out that Pathfinder Reka, the Solarian Pathfinder, is also on the ship with you, and she's brought a team with her also, and they're there to serve as a dis- as a distraction. While you go and get this remnant relic. Right. So the rest of the mission is going to take place on the ship. It's Mm -hmm. just going to be us getting the relic, getting out. Here are the important points about the stuff on the ship. You find the Solarian Pathfinder team. You let them out. They break away, provide distractions, like you said. They're going to be involved throughout the rest of the mission, just Mm -hmm. coming in, going. I don't know what they're doing. Right. Two, we find laboratories. And tons of evidence that the cat are doing experiments on the Solarians. Horrible, horrible experiments. And, and eventually experiments on, on other species too. Uh, but we also, before we, before we find a lot of the experiment stuff, we also, at least I found, some audio clips where they were interrogating some of the Solarians to try to find out um, how to use Meridian. They thought for sure... The Solarians must know how to use Meridian. Why else would they be here? They don't. They have no idea. They don't even know what Meridian is. They also uh, were interrogating them about, okay, here's this arc thing that you traveled on. Where's all your warships? <laughs> you surely wouldn't be dumb enough to show up in another galaxy without warships. They don't believe us that, yes, in fact, we were dumb enough not to show up in another galaxy <laughs> without warships. Yes, as we pointed out in a previous episode. And, and since they don't, since the Solarians don't provide the answers that the cat are looking for, they just kill them. 
Yeah, I didn't. I didn't find those audio those audio clips at all. I wish I I wish I found them because that sounds important and horrible. Yeah, and, and I mean, horrible. Yeah, it, it really just helps lead into the story to to tell you how terrible the cat really are. At one point, I was scanning some corpses, and Sam said uh, they were doing experiments on this guy while he was still alive. So, I mean, this is this is like torture while they while the cat are trying to figure out how these how these solarians work what the benefits of their genetic profile are, what they might gain from them. Mm-hmm. And, and we we came across a room, I, I believe we both came across this room, I think you have to, where they actually have like holograms set up of all of the different species. And little, little, little information kiosks, yeah. just in case you wanted to know, if you wanted to exalt <laughs> right. a solarian, you know, they're really smart, but don't live very long, you know, which is mm-hmm. nice, good information. Yeah. You came across pros them. and cons on all of the different races so that they know exactly what traits they want to take from them when they exalt them eventually. Do you think they have a choice? Like, I wonder how this exaltation process, and they must works. have a choice. Like they just do all this weird stuff and then they must, I mean, they, they talk over and over again about how, advanced their genetic research is compared yeah. oh, to everybody else's i want your brains i want your strength i want right strength of a krogan brain of a solarian be pretty awesome yeah so this your squad this game i feel is different because there's a lot more chatter while you're just shooting around and so oh, yeah. your, your squad mates talk a lot and in this case they're all voicing their opinions about how disgusted they are with this which makes sense uh, I just remember a lot from the previous games that a, a big plot point is how these races treat each other just in the same way like this with the Solarians modifying the Krogan's reproductive po- abilities with the genophage. So to me, this is nothing new. This is, these are alien species doing this to each other. So, but they are understandably horrified. Hmm. I, at this point, I'm expecting that since there's a Solarian arc and tons of Solarians, we've seen the cat. Uh, Ketify <laughs> species before. I'm expecting to fight all kinds of Solarian cat hybrids. Right. But we did, I didn't see any. Did you see any? I saw none. Now, I, there's the possibility that the what felt like hundreds of cats that we had to mow down to get through here could have been Solarian because you wouldn't really know. I feel like that they would have a distinctive look. You would think that, yeah, because they wouldn't have been catified for long. And their, and... Bo- their body structure is so different from and Garin. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, n- none. Absolutely no catified Solarians that I saw either. It's very disappointing. It's really weird. It, <laughs> it just, it seems like another part of this game where they were like, um, we don't have a lot of time left mm-hmm. before we're going to publish this game, so let's just not make up some models of catified Solarians. Next important point is at some point you leave a room and get caught in a trap with space energy it's kind of like a tractor beam. Handcuffs. I know. I want to keep saying tractor beam, but I, that, that that's like ship stuff, right? I know, but it's like tractor beaming you to the floor. Yeah. Okay. So the whole squad is stuck, and this is an opportunity for uh, Mr. Big Bad Archon to come in, do a little bit of talking to you without shooting. You know, guns are noisy. He wants to talk with you, have a little one-on-one chat. Things he says that are important. He's been in this cluster for decades doing his work, and he seems very unhappy with his progress. Mm-hmm. We don't quite know exactly what... We know that he's trying to get the remnant stuff to work, the remnant technology, but we don't know anything beyond that of what his goals are. Right. Second, he says he considers you his rival. That's, I mean, that means a lot to me. 
<laughs> yeah, right. it's a big deal. And and it makes sense because of what he's seen you do. He's seen that you're capable of, of controlling these remnant things that he spent decades trying to figure out how to do, and he still hasn't figured it out. And then we've been blowing through all of his troops, mm-hmm. right? I mean, at first it's like, oh, what's this little alien creature thing? It looks kind of frail. It's probably not going to be a threat, but we've become a threat. Mm-hmm. The other thing he does is he sticks a needle in us. It looks like he's extracting blood, something. Right. Says this is this is the first sample and that your testing begins now. I will learn your secrets. So this this is kind of terrifying given what we've seen with the Solarians. And if he does keep us around, then we're just gonna be tortured while he tries to figure out what makes us so special that we can interact with the remnant technology. But fortunately, we're able to escape from our energy prison. Right. He leaves the room and Sam tells you, it looks like this tractor beam only can hold on to living creatures. So if you want to get out, all we got to do is die. Well, that seems easy enough. <laughs> right. So Sam Sam tells us it's, it is easy enough. I have the ability to stop your heart. But don't worry, I can restart it, I think. <laughs> how do you, I mean, how do you feel about having a computer in your head that has that much control over your body that at any point in time, it can decide, I'm stopping your heart? It's a little concerning. You got to put a lot of trust into that. Absolutely. Especially the programmers who wrote that. So here's, I, I have two major problems with the plot point here. The first one is, if I'm dead, how does Sam still work? Ooh. Is Sam, how, how would Sam be able to restart Sam my heart? require a living organism to, right. to work. It seems like the little chip or whatever implant thingy that's in you that's making Sam work through you is probably powered by your body working. And if my body ain't working, how's Sam still working? But yeah. maybe he's got a battery. Yeah, maybe. I suppose you could explain. Little, he's got a little mini nuclear reactor. <laughs> right. So you, you said there was a second... A second uh, a second thing about that? Well, the second thing is is how this plays out. So you you don't really have any choice in the matter. You have to let him do this. So he stops your heart. You immediately fall out of the tractor beam thing. And then he starts your heart back up. And you get up and you walk away and you push some buttons on the console and, and your two squad mates two, yeah. get, get out of the, the tractor beam. Here's the problem. The big, even bigger problem with this scene. You fall straight down when you die. So you're still on the same place that you got stuck the last time you were alive. So why is it that when you wake up, you're not immediately stuck back in the tractor beam again? It's just kind of weak storytelling. You know, maybe it maybe it just, you know, auto shuts down and it needs someone to reactivate it. <laughs> right. It's mo- I don't know. It's not motion sensing. Yeah, it's it's a little weak. It's a little lame, but you just kind of... <sighs> You have to go forward with it anyway. All right. So we escape from that, which is cool, and eventually make our way to the Archon's private chambers, which is where we suspect that the relic is being held. Mm-hmm. And right outside that door, there is this creepy looking Krogan type monster that's in some sort of glass vat, you know, suspended in liquid, just there. Right. He's not like he's pounding on it and, and they're like, hey, get me out of here. No. That's what Krogan sound like, by the way. Hey, get me out of here. <laughs> Sounds sounded just like Drax. He's just, he's just 
like a, I don't know, like a statue. Well, and and it's not just any weird-looking Krogan. It's a weird-looking Krogan because he's been ketified. He definitely looks ketified. Inside the Archon's private chambers, which look pretty nice, actually. Super nice. The ship looks, you know, disgusting from the outside. And inside, it's, you know, whatever, dark sci-fi-y. But th- this looks pretty nice inside. Yeah. He's got remnant artifacts just everywhere. The guy is obsessed. Absolutely obsessed. Do you think this is just a phase? If it was a phase, I would expect some, maybe like a New Kids on the Block poster on the wall or, <laughs> or something, but it's been decades and no posters, so it's probably... Come on, Archon, it's time to grow up. <laughs> <laughs> One of the artifacts does have whatever we're looking for. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell if it's the actual key itself. At the very least, it is a map of some sorts that after we activate it with our remnant activating powers... It is providing coordinates for us to later travel to Meridian. Right. Yeah. After activating it, we now know where Meridian is and how to get there. Good old Archon comes back, but this time he's a hologram. And he he says a couple of things, a couple of important things here. One, he realizes now that this is what you were trying to do, that we were trying to do, is get access to Meridian. He warns us that we don't know its full power. Sure, it can change the weather, but it does a lot more than that. And he does not want us to get access to it and second a little bit more scary he now realizes or knows maybe perhaps from analyzing the blood sample from earlier that you do have an artificial intelligence in your head he knows about sam yeah and and he basically calls you out on it and says you know just moments earlier he was calling you his rival and he's basically treating you like you're not really my rival you wouldn't be able to do any of this if it wasn't for your ai and he's kind kind of (laughs) right he's gone from being really impressed to disappointed right because this isn't a natural ability. Mm-hmm. You've been enhanced. Yep. So have they. It's their whole... <laughs> it's what <laughs> they do. But they've been genetically enhanced, <laughs> not, you know, artificially enhanced. Sure. That's that's better, I guess. Not really. Okay. So, by the way, this, this ship has gigantic guns pointing at the Solarian Ark. And they haven't shot the Ark down yet. But at this point, Archon's ready to just do that. He's like, listen, we're going to blow your ship up. You're going to be stuck here. But fortunately, our Solarian Pathfinder team is ready to fire an EMP, which is an electric, electromagnetic pulse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which disables electronics. This is not exactly a sci-fi thing. Uh, and they're going to do it just next to the guns. Uh, they're going to... Where are the guns? Where are the guns? In relation to the private chamber. We don't really know. It's hard to get I mean, a feel I, for where everything is. I kind is. of lost track. Because you do run past the guns, yeah. but... You make lots of turns along the way get into... So anyway, the idea is that they're going to disable the guns, but it also like disables everything, including the the tank that the Krogan cat guy is in. Mm-hmm. And so he pops out and comes in and attacks That initial, that starts up a boss fight. Right. So how... It's, I, how, I was, was, how was the boss fight? I was underwhelmed dramatically. You weren't by impressed this, with this no, Krogan? You don't really. think he's going to be a threat? Uh, he wasn't much of a threat to me and I'm not even very good at games. He was, he didn't seem very powerful. He had some like beam thing that he was shooting at us that would like put an orange force field thing out that I didn't even really, it seemed like it was hurting me. So I just stayed away from it. A a bunch of my hits on him. I just ran up to him and started punching him. Oh, jeez. He just wasn't very dangerous. Huh? This guy felt threatening to me for a couple of reasons. One, my shots were doing very little damage. Which is why I started punching him. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who brings a gun to a Krogan fight? And then 
I would like, I would start draining a lot of his health down and then all of a sudden it would regenerate. Did you see this regenerating thing? I'm suspecting that it's shields and then it was regenerating some of the shields, oh. but I didn't see a distinction between like a shield bar right, and a There's normally bar. two bars, right? Right. It did seem like it was going back up, but I d- wasn't paying close he enough would, attention. He would, if you would left him alone for long enough, he would kind of, anyway, he would just like stand there and, uh, you know, scream like a war cry or something. And a big chunk of it would come back. Oh, okay. It wasn't just a gradual, like a health regen. It was a right. chunk at once. And then after you would get it down, his health down for a while, then more cat would show up, which it's just, they're just small little warriors. That's fine. But the problem was, is that if you didn't pay attention to this Krogan monster, he would just ram you. I mean, he was hard hitting up close. Mm-hmm. So I got myself stuck in a corner and he killed me. <laughs> I think that's about the only way you could die in this well, monster. Well, so I found the one way then. It was a little disappointing because I didn't get a chance to immediately retry. It took me back to before even entering oh, the chamber. So you had, to, you had to go through. And if you wanted to get all the scanning points for the remnant technology, I had to bring my scanner out and scan all the remnant artifacts that were floating in the room. Go mm. back to the Meridian Key map thing. Go through all that, and then the Archon comes. You just got to keep hitting the button. Hit the X button to right. skip all the dialogue. But it doesn't. it's not like a one-button press skip at all. Mm-hmm. So then I did beat him on the second track. Well, that, that's good. Okay, so at this point, the, sh- the cat ship is in disarray. Its power's down. It can't fire guns. They're going to be working on getting their power back. We've, dis- we've destroyed the Krogan monster, and now we need to get back to our ship and get out of here before those guns come back right. online. Right, so we got, we've got to get moving in a hurry. They're, they keep emphasizing, you have to go quickly, because these guns are coming back online. If those guns come back online, you're dead. There's, <laughs> you're not going to outrun those guns, not in a slow arc. So we, we get out of the, the chamber, and immediately we discover that there are two groups of people that could really use our help right now. Sam detects a bunch of Krogans. Not catified Krogan, but probably Drax scouts. Right. Somebody who could really use our help. Mm-hmm. While simultaneously... You receive a phone call from the Solarian Pathfinder. Pathfinder Reka. Pathfinder Reka calls you and says, I'm pinned down... I, I sent whatever troops I could out of here. I'm not going to make it. So leave me. And of course, we again get presented with the classic, classic Mass Effect decision. Who do you save? Right. You can only save one. Sam makes it abundantly clear you only have time to save one group. Okay. So here's the decision. Do you save Krogan Scouts or do you save Pathfinder Reka? This was such an easy decision for me. You have to save the Pathfinder. Well, now hold on now. Now wait a second. <laughs> now hold on. Run me, run me through the pros and cons here. You're telling me that this is obvious. It can't be that. It can't be that obvious. If you save the Krogan, well, first off, Drax's going to be really happy. Yes, and I don't want that guy mad at me. No, you definitely don't. So saving the Krogan is the option that you choose if what matters to you most are how the people on your ship feel about you. It also, I guess, would probably save a few more people because we don't know how many scouts there are. Maybe there's 10 of them. It doesn't seem like it's a lot, but it's some as opposed to one Solarian. Mm -hmm. But if you save 
the Salarian Pathfinder, it's the freaking Pathfinder. The Pathfinders are the people who are here to lead their species in this new place. They are the ones that generally are there as figureheads to give their their people, their followers, encouragement and and light and it's just it just seemed obvious like i know it's only one person but it's probably the most important person for the salarians if you don't save pathfinder reka who's the next pathfinder well i don't know but consider that there's an entire ship full of salarians (laughs) and she's just one person now we don't have an entire ship full of krogan showing up we don't even have from what i can understand we don't even have that many Krogan. So in terms of like species representation, mm-hmm. you know, maybe you would go with, let's save some more Krogan because we've got plenty of the other guys. I have a feeling that isn't what you did though. <laughs> <laughs> you talk a good game, but I have a feeling that isn't what you did. I forgot about all the Salarians on the ship. I forgot about them. Obviously, yes, that's a lot of people probably that would have made, that would have changed my decision a little bit. But my logic was simply... Reka is a Pathfinder. Pathfinders are good. I'm a Pathfinder. I could use some Pathfinder friends. <laughs> <laughs> the Krogans don't have an arc, but the Salarians do, and they need their Pathfinder. Right. But there's another downside to this decision, and that is if you don't save the Krogan, the Krogan are going to be exalted, and that means they're going to be more of those monster Krogan guys. Yeah, and it's just a horrible way to go. Sure. If you consider those that Krogan monster to be horrible and dangerous and really hard to beat, you can imagine a scenario in the near future where you're going to be in a room with like six of those things. <laughs> and maybe just selfishly, you might want to avoid that. And you might get stuck in a corner and they might kill you. <laughs> On the other hand, if they if they have a Solarian, what, can you imagine a super smart cat? That would be bad. So either way, it's, I mean... I, I, Anyway, yes, I did. I did. I did uh, save Pathfinder Reka. I wanted a friend. Well, that's that's kind of a silly reason, but <laughs> at least you did the right thing. <laughs> because saving the Pathfinder was the correct choice. <laughs> okay, so we make that decision, and then the only thing left is get the heck off of the ship. Yeah, there's and only one other thing I wanted to say about that about getting off the ship, mm-hmm. which is, holy crap, those invisible wraith monsters freak me out. <laughs> <laughs> those things are worse than the old pinky demons from Doom, the original Doom. I really haven't had much of a problem with the little invisible wraith They're ones. like, they're like invisible. And then they're, when they finally come visible, they're huge. And they're usually about a foot away from you. They just freak me out. Sure. They're easy to kill, but. Uh, I died. This is when I died. Huh. I died four or five times trying to get out wow. of here. Yeah. This was this was not easy at all. I don't know how you made it through here without dying. Hmm. I mean, I, I may have died once or twice. Did you take your time or did you try to just run? No, 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 no. no. I took my, I'm pretty sure I took my time. See that they tell you, don't stop for anything. And I'm like, all right, that's basically how I've treated a lot of this, mm-hmm. this particular mission. Mm-hmm. Like early on. I was just running through the rooms. I wasn't stopping to kill everybody. If if I could make it out, I made it out. Hmm. And so I thought that that's what I was supposed to do here too. And then you get to the last room and it's like, nope, you got to kill them all, including the dude with the spinny orb thing yeah. going around him. And 
Yeah. If you just try to rush straight through, then it's everybody at once. Yeah. And that they, I work. mean, they were training. It's almost like they were training you on the way in. You, you'd go into a room and go, you're about to leave the room and open the door, but then they lock it on you. Mm-hmm. So in my, like, to me, it was like, nope, you can't make any progress until you kill everything. They didn't lock all of the doors. Oh, okay. You were able to get through at least one of them okay, without well, killing everybody. I, I just like killing things. <laughs> <laughs> well, you had to. <laughs> and I figured that out after four deaths. Okay. And that's and that's it. Yep. At, at that point, you uh, you head back to the Tempest, but you get yourself a nice little cutscene. And this is another cutscene from the point of view of our enemies, of the cat. Mm-hmm. We are not present. And it is Archon and some other person who he calls Primus. Here's what we get out of this cutscene. We learn that not everyone is cool with Archon's obsession with Meridian. But he claims it, that this is their future. He know he, It's really important to him. But everybody else is like, what, do you, what is wrong with you, man? Right. Your job here, if you're the Archon, is just go and exalt everything in this system. That's what you're here for. It's not to be looking at these stupid remnant relics. <laughs> Stop wasting time and get to exalting. Uh, the other guy says questions are being asked about your judgment. Questions that come from the highest level. So we don't quite know the hierarchy here, but we know that there's somebody above the Archon. Right. But the Archon, he seems very confident. Listen, with Meridian, we can transform every world in this cluster to a wasteland, is what he says. And I thought, a wasteland? Like, is that is that your goal, is to just destroy everything? I didn't understand his motivation there. Yeah, this is yet another problem with the story as it progresses. It doesn't make any sense. Fifteen seconds ago, you're talking about how the job is to exalt everything. And and to and and it seems like exalt as many species as possible, not wipe out the whole system. How does that help you? Like, is it that you just take all this? You just take all the species you can, yeah. take as much bene- beneficial genetic material as you can, and then move on to another system. And you just you're just always advancing the cat species. That would make sense. But he doesn't say that, right? That would make sense. And if that were the case, and They've spent decades here, and the only other species here were Angarans. Why are you still here at all? Yeah, that's true. You've you've gotten what you need from them, right? I don't I don't get it. Except for the Moshi, I guess. But they only took the Moshi because of the remnant stuff. They didn't take the Moshi to like get some more genetic stuff out of her. Yeah this this part of the story doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So hopefully we will learn more. There are two, I think, two main longer missions left of the game before we get to the ending. So Hmm. we should be coming up here pretty quick. Okay. So basically now that everyone knows what's going on, the Archon, us, he, he, he wants to get to Meridian and get there first. Mm -hmm. He insists that the cat need to go open that thing and get control of it before anyone else can. Except that he still has no idea how to actually open it. Well, so his hologram there, his hologram was there when we activated the relic and saw the coordinates. Right, so he knows where it is. He knows where it is, and I thought earlier in the game they mentioned that he knows where it is. He just doesn't know what to do with it or that, how to. How that's to what I thought too. So that's true. He he still doesn't know, but maybe with the information he got from us in terms of the blood sample, I don't know. Maybe maybe he'll be able to develop his own artificial intelligence, or maybe he'll he'll figure out exactly how Sam is doing what he is doing. The smart thing to do would be to get there first set a trap, and make us turn on Meridian for him. 
That seems... Because he's not going to figure it out on his own. He needs us to do it. That seems like the obvious answer. I'm hoping that there's something more to it than that. I don't know. Well, we'll see. That might. I mean, that might. That's that's a good prediction. That's a good theory. He might just do that. Right. No idea. Maybe he's got super fast ships. And seriously, guys, I don't know. For for you listeners at home, I don't know. I'm not reading ahead. I'm not reading guides. I'm not watching spoilers. Don't know. This is just my guess. That's what I would do. Okay. So the only thing we have left to do then is is to take our lap around uh, the Tempest and talk with the crew. They typically have something special to say after each priority ops mission. I didn't really get anything noteworthy from anybody except Drac because he was upset. Oh, yeah. That we chose to abandon his people. Although he didn't really talk much, at least not to me. I tried to talk to him and he was like, you should just go before <laughs> uh, before I make a decision that we'll both regret. <laughs> So I listened. Okay, kind sir. I will walk away now. You're th- you're six foot taller than me. Uh, yeah. So other than other than Drac, you know, I went and and made the rounds, made the Mass Effect rounds around the ship, talked to everybody, and for me, of course, since I'm pursuing the whole romance thing with Jal, I went and talked to Jal. Uh, although I did this before this mission. Well, actually, in between, because mm-hmm. you had to go back to the ship to talk to Gil. Right. I then went and made sure to talk to Jol and had a fun little encounter with Jol. Yeah, what does he say? Jol says, I may look confident and strong, but I don't feel confident and strong. And so to make up for that, he's trying to make presents for everybody <laughs> on the ship. <laughs> Is he doing that for you? Yeah, he does. <laughs> So that was hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. Sticking with Jol, uh, I also found another email that I must have missed from him earlier that was about Jol reading the crew a a children's story. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, where in this in this children's story, which was a, a story that on his home planet, parents would would tell children the story. And and it's about this little girl who stows away onto a spaceship and then and thinks it's so cool and freeing and everything until the spaceship dumps her and all of the garbage that's on board into space and she dies oh and the whole point of the story is you need to teach your kids to be more obedient (laughs) and and the crew thought it was hilarious that this was a kid's story uh-huh. and and he doesn't understand like how how do you teach your children to be obedient <laughs> without telling them stories like this <laughs> I, I i really like that one there was also an email from drac about some matriarch on the nexus did you get that one there was i don't remember that one there was someone on the nexus who said that they were like related to some matriarch who was there and but she died and she had a whole bunch of money, but there was legal process to get to that inheritance money. So she needed to borrow some money from Drac to be able to get this. And Vetra said, oh, yeah. you totally shouldn't do this. It's a scam. Yeah. And then the next email from Drac is, turns out it was a scam. Don't tell Vetra. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do remember that one. Yeah, I, I like that one a lot. Uh, I talked to Lexi. And she was pretty upset about Sam stopping my heart mm-hmm. to escape. She had a lot to say about that. Oh, yeah. But I don't know if you can direct, if you can influence her one way or the other about how she eventually feels about it. For me, um, 
she ended up being okay with it, I mm-hmm. guess, given that, I mean, we need Sam and right. he's got this power. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I said, I trust Sam, so you should do. Did you uh, talk to Suvi and go and have a drink with Suvi? You know, I did. I did. Uh, she walks you downstairs, but yeah, I don't, I don't, Captain's quarters. but I don't remember what she said. Uh, she basically talks about how she really misses home and she kind of feels like her being here was because she was trying to escape her family and that now she feels like she's a disappointment. And, uh, I chose the option to reassure her that you're, you're here because of your family. You're not escaping them. You're mm-hmm. here because of your love for science that you got from your family. And it was it was kind of a nice nice little moment with Suvi. Cool. I had to go seek out PB since she's my romance target here. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's a weird way to <laughs> to talk about somebody who you're trying to, I don't know, start a relationship with. Um I don't remember what she said about the mission, but there was an option here for uh talking about the visit to her apartment. During that, you know, that one side mission that we did, uh, her loyalty mission where she built that robot for us. By the way, I did see that in the, in the skills menu where you have your tech and biotics Mm -hmm. and combat, I think it was under tech. So it is assignable there. Okay. And you can upgrade it just like you can upgrade any of the other abilities. Nice. But you haven't tried it yet. I haven't. Okay. Although, uh, yeah, no, I haven't. Uh, anyway, I was talking about her apartment and how, you know, it was nice to see the apartment and I, you know, I may have said something like I hoped for more (laughs) and she said, hoped or thought. And I said, I had a choice here. I said, hoped. And she said, me too. (laughs) Who knows what could have happened if Kalinda hadn't shown up. So I think I'm making some progress there. She talked a little bit more about Kalinda, Mm -hmm. but, uh. So I think I think I'm moving forward. Nice. I did actually move a little bit forward with Joel. I, I think I got this a little bit out of order. Uh, when he was telling me that he he did didn't feel skilled or confident, I, I got the big heart option, <laughs> and and my option was basically just to say, "Well, I think you're great," <laughs> <laughs> and he blushed. <laughs> oh, he he blu- like he blushed, or he said that he blushed. He said that he was blushing. It didn't really look like he was <laughs> blushing, but I'll, I'll take his word for it. Okay. Is there anything, anybody else that you talked to that had anything noteworthy to say? Uh, there, there was one fun thing that I wonder if it happened for you because of how different your experience was on the planet where we started this mission. Okay. When, when I was leaving, you radio with Drac and Vetra to say, hey, it's time to go because they're off doing things too. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Vetra says... All right, our completely legitimate business deal went off without a hitch. <laughs> and it's like you just know that they're up to no good, but Vetra is so good at getting exactly what she wants out of people that I would love to know the backstory there and you, yeah. you know you'll never get it. I know. I know. <laughs> uh yes, she said the same thing despite me uh getting kicked out of Sloan's headquarters. Right. All right, so next up well, what do you, what do you want to do? How do you feel right now? We could do some we can do some side missions like we've been alternating mm-hmm. um, every play session. We can do some more side missions, or you know we can just go straight to the next priority ops mission to go to the Meridian. Yeah, because we actually now have three priority ops missions open, but two of them look like they're basically just go and explore these planets, maybe settle these planets, mm-hmm. and then the other one is of course to head towards Meridian. Mm-hmm. I'm. I'm not all that thrilled with the side missions in this game. 
Like in every other Mass Effect game, I'd be like, let's go and do all the side missions. But they're just not that interesting here. Mm -hmm. Um, Except for any side missions that involve finding arcs and finding Mm -hmm. other races that are supposed to be here. I'm I'm just not really digging them. Mm. I I would like to do the the arc missions. I want to know what's happening with them. Maybe some loyalty missions. Any of those? Sure, I'd like I'd like to do uh, loyalty missions. Uh, after this mission was over, I got I don't know if it was an email. I think it was an email mm-hmm. from Vetra's sister, um, Sid. Yep. I want to know more about that. And it, and it, I actually got a a mission in the journal, and it, and it says. It's a loyalty mission, like by name. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I want to check that out and I want to do, uh, I want to continue working on this, this romance stuff with PB, you know, just to see oh, how absolutely. that works out. Yep. So I kind of still want to do those types of side missions, mm-hmm. but the ones where you just, you drive around the planet and discover random little things. Right. I don't think at this point those are worth, because the chances of them being any good are pretty low. Right. So I'd rather spend my time doing something else. Uh, I'd also, I do want to uh, activate the vaults on any planets that I come across, not necessarily for any story reason, mm-hmm. but just from a completionist standpoint, I want to, I want to see, I want to just see these planets improve weather wise. I want to see this acidic water go away. Even that I'm not that into because, well, partly because of space Sudoku, but <laughs> the other reason is the priority ops mission is to go to Meridian and just turn them all on from there. Ooh, I hadn't thought of that. So why should I go and do all this hard work when I can just go to Meridian, flip a button, bam, yeah. all the vaults are on, that's right? That's true. Like, that's the idea. That's what we're hoping is going to happen. Hmm. So what do you want to do? I, I guess I need to look through my journal a little bit more. Because you're right. There are some loyalty missions that are interesting to do. And I, I, I don't, I just don't have all of those at top of mind. So I, I guess we'll just have to play some more. And figure out what our next show is. Yeah, the problem is we don't know how long these missions are. Right. We know that these priority ops missions are, you know, a certain length and mm-hmm. they can, they typically last about a whole episode to talk about. So it's hard to mix one of those with, like, it's hard to do a few side missions and a priority ops mission and talk right. about both in one episode. So right. I feel like if we're going to do any side missions, we probably should devote an episode to just that. Yeah. So, so maybe we do have one. Yeah, let's let's check out our our journal, see what's there, and if anything seems interesting, we can just do that. Otherwise, we'll just do the next priority ops. And maybe those two extra priority ops missions aren't actually that long. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah. Don't know. Okay. Well, that wraps up part six. Before we get out of here, let's go over our contact information. If you want to shoot us an email, you can do that at storyplayers at thedigitalmediazone.com or just use the contact form over at thedigitalmediazone.com. You can find us on Twitter at VG Story Players, or if you just want to talk with me or Joe directly, I'm at Josh Pollard and Joe is at What Color Joe. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash VG Story Players. And then, of course, guys, we really need you to subscribe. We've got episodes of Mass Effect Andromeda coming out every week and lots of other fun games coming your way, too. So keep it subscribed. Share it with your friends. And then if you could do us a big favor, we would really appreciate it if you could head over to iTunes or Apple Podcast and leave us a rating and a review. That's going to do it for our sixth episode of our Mass Effect Andromeda series. And we'll be back for the seventh episode next week. Done. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening. I love you. Adios. Adios.